Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world listening to Embracing Neurodiversity, the podcast. This is a podcast for parents who are raising children on the spectrum. My intention for this podcast is to create a space where parents who are raising children on the spectrum feel seen and heard. Hey y'all, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I am going to continue to discuss the road to acceptance as it relates to um, raising a child who is on the spectrum. Last week, I spoke about the anger that a parent often feels when they receive a diagnosis of their child having autism and how this feeling of anger is a natural feeling and it's not one that you should feel ashamed or guilty about however it is it is something that should be acknowledged and consequently healthy practices of self-care should be put in place to help you work through that anger as you are on the journey towards acceptance, right? It slows you down when you suppress the anger or you are in denial of your anger. Um, And so I encourage all parents who are in the stage of anger to be very gentle with themselves and to seek support and if possible time alone to cry it out, to scream it out, to journal it out, um, to talk to someone, to get a massage, to sit in the in the bathtub and relax. Whatever you need to do to um, feel your feelings. Right today, we are going to talk about another feeling that comes up as you are on the road to acceptance and that is a feeling of powerlessness and particularly powerlessness as a result of confusion right and so powerlessness is not just an emotional state it's a combination of feelings and perceptions and thoughts and therefore it's important to comprehensively understand your child as you are on this journey of acceptance because the more that you understand your child and their diagnosis the less powerlessness you feel the less confusion you feel so on this journey you are once you receive a diagnosis let me say that you are now entering a world that you know nothing about for the most part the average parent who um, is raising their child and and takes their child to get an evaluation and, re- and receives a diagnosis of their child being on the spectrum. The average parent has no prior knowledge of what autism really is. They may know someone who has a child with autism. They may even have a family member who has autism, but they don't know the ins and outs yet and even if you knew 
what it meant to or means to have autism it is still uniquely different for you as a parent who now has a child on the spectrum because of the intimate relationship and uh, bond and connection that you have with your child right and so confusion comes up because this is a world that you're entering to that you have no prior knowledge of oftentimes in practitioners offices you are finding yourself thinking maybe what does this really mean about your child you don't understand oftentimes what the practitioners are talking about and this confusion leaves you feeling powerless powerlessness results from feeling like now you have to rely on the advice of these experts and other people to raise your child which sucks right we always want to feel like we have the tools in our back pocket and let me say this even if you are raising a neurotypical child um no parent has the tools on how to raise a child effectively. We're all trying to figure it out, but there is an, an additional layer when you have a child who is neurodivergent. You you are now required to learn more. Um, one of the recommendations that I have and that I I often um try to encourage myself and other parents is to get busy with learning as much as you can the solution to feeling powerlessness and to minimizing the confusion is to start to learn learn the terminology little by little you will become knowledgeable when you set yourself up on the journey of learning about what autism is and learning who your child is on the spectrum you feel less confused and um, more in control once you have the knowledge to make informed decisions this takes time i'm always learning new things every day um, but i feel more confident about my ability to raise my son to thrive now than I did almost a year ago when we received the diagnosis because I, I began to study and teach myself what it means to raise a child on the spectrum and what their needs are. And there's no one size fits all. I obviously need to say that, um, but there are common practices and concepts and um models that do work for most children on the spectrum and which I'm going to talk about a little later um this journey is in a lot of ways about trial and error and you have to embrace that too and so when we're thinking about or reflecting on feeling powerlessness it's, it's hard to grasp that concept of like, I feel powerless because not only um, did I just receive a diagnosis that I'm not really sure how I feel about or I'm angry about, um, but I now feel like I don't have the tools to raise my child effectively. Like I don't have 
the knowledge, right? And so that powerlessness makes you feel inferior or ineffective as a, as a parent. But it's, I want to encourage and remind you that admitting what you don't know and accepting the feeling of powerlessness is actually an act of strength. We live in a highly individualistic culture. We often believe that we should be able to take control of our lives and fix our problems and overcome struggles alone. But admitting powerlessness involves leaning into others, creating a community that you can trust, a village that you can trust to support you and your child, and to Lastly, in my opinion, probably the most important, surrendering to the things that you cannot control. Two days ago, um, Khalil, my son, had like probably the worst meltdown that I had ever witnessed him having. It lasted maybe like an hour and a half, and he was just screaming and crying and hitting himself and throwing himself on the floor um and i live in like a town home so my um my home is is connected to someone else who lives aside of me and i was so worried that they were gonna hear khalil and think that like you know i was abusing him like that's how loud and intense it was and perhaps the most exhausting part of that experience was that it lasted so long like i've seen khalil have meltdowns that got pretty bad but they would last i, I probably the most that uh, i've the longest i've seen khalil have a meltdown was probably 30 minutes but this this day the day before yesterday was literally uh, a minimum an hour and a half like it was so intense i, I honestly lost track of time but it was it was pretty bad um to the point where once he finally like fell asleep i just collapsed on the floor and was sobbing because i felt absolutely powerless during that time and let me say really quickly and we could talk about this maybe next in next week's episode the difference between having a tantrum and having a meltdown um, it's a very unique difference in, in the sense that a meltdown is oftentimes out of your child's control. They have experienced a high level of maybe sensory overload or triggers where they completely, um, their emotions have bottled up and they it just overflows and they can't stop the overflow of overflow feelings that's the best way i can describe it in this moment but i promise you i am going to talk about it more in depth um soon so the difference between tantrum and the meltdown is the ability to control your emotions in a nutshell and so khalil had a meltdown and um i felt completely powerless because um i could not get him to to um self-regulate to calm himself like we've over time incorporated some techniques like count to 10 and breathe um 
it's recommended that you don't match their energy. So when they are yelling and screaming and intense, it's recommended to not yell back because you want to model the behavior that you would like to see them do. And so, you know, I'm remaining calm outwardly while he's having a meltdown, but in, inside I was also having a meltdown. <laughs> Um, so after it was over, I completely collapsed and I just cried because, um, the feeling of not having the tools to give your child what they need in the moment is perhaps the worst feeling that any parent can feel. Um, and so I say that to say that the only way to work through that is to build a community of people that you can lean on and to surrender to what you cannot control. And so in those moments of meltdowns, um, oftentimes as hard as it is to do, it is oftentimes recommended that you step back and allow the meltdown to take its course. To, you know, put... Um, place your child in, in a in a space where they are they don't have a crowd or audience and allow the the meltdown to happen and um, that also requires a level of surrendering as a parent and accepting of of your powerlessness in the moment these are strengths to be able to release control, to surrender, to create a community, to lean on others. These are strengths that are needed um, in order to not only accept the diagnosis, but to thrive as a parent and to, and to create a space where your child can thrive as someone who happens to have autism, right? So... I, I want to leave y'all with this. The feeling of powerlessness comes from a lack of knowledge, a lack of confusion. And, and quite frankly, there it comes from having experience, experiences and moments with your child where literally they are experiencing emotions that you cannot fix or... Um, intercede or interject in in the moment and you have to allow it to happen um however powerlessness and confusion slowly dissipates when we accept what is and what is not and that acceptance shifts your mindset from a lack of awareness to an awareness of what your child is experiencing and it also shifts your thinking from what is impossible to what is possible, right? It's essential to do your best to shift your thinking from my child is not able to communicate their needs or desires or their fears to instead my child communicates their needs and desires in a different way, right? And when we shift that thinking, we are more likely to give our child what they need 
and we minimize the shame that a child that is projected on the child when they are not presenting in the way that we would expect or that is a societal norm. Learn as much about your child and their diagnosis, but also observe their habits, what they like and what they dislike, and trust your instincts as a parent. There are going to be lots of practitioners and quote-unquote experts that you engage with, therapists and teachers and doctors who will give you their um, educated advice and their um, their approaches. And it's important for you to trust your gut in taking what they say with a grain of salt, right? No, You'll know if it works for your child or not and be willing to implement it and if it doesn't work don't do it or even even when you're receiving a recommendation if you know in your gut that this is not going to work for your child be okay with that too right um so learn to trust your instincts that's really most important because there is no one size fits all as it relates to having autism. We know that it's a spectrum and every child is uniquely different. And the person who knows the child the best is the parents. So trust your instincts. It's also important as you are um, learning how to minimize your, the feeling of powerlessness to remain in a space of self-reflection. Think about how your own childhood experiences were. Um, what barriers did you face? What labels and stigmas were placed upon you? Um, and how would you have preferred to have been treated um, when you did experience a barrier? And then extend that to your child? How can you ensure your child feels as confident about themselves as possible? How can you minimize any shame that they that is projected upon them? You right? So constantly think about those things and um and remain in this place of self-reflection. I think it's also important to uh, be mindful of work, your child's development. So for example, my son is six years old. He he certainly had a meltdown that was rooted in um, perhaps like sensory overload, but he also is a six-year-old who is um, has not figured out the how to articulate his emotions quite yet, and I think that that's also important too. Like there is this very. Um, unique experience for parents who are raising children on the spectrum to have to decipher between um is my child is having an, a, an intense emotional reaction because of their autism or because they are a four-year-old who just um is responding this way because this is what four-year-olds do, right? It is very difficult, but I remember someone telling me that the same strategies and tools that you put in place to, to teach any child the behaviors you want them to teach, you would do that 
with your child who is on the spectrum, you just have to be a little bit more consistent and visuals are important too, right? And so it's not it's not a matter of excusing behaviors, uh, unsavory unsavory behaviors because your child has autism but instead being very consistent and vigilant about implementing strategies and um learning opportunities in place so that your child can learn the behaviors you want them to learn so one of the things that i do when khalil you know is being stubborn or doesn't want to do something is I will take his iPad because he loves his iPad and I'll put a timer on it um and and he has to sit out for a minute and take a break from his timer until the duration of that timer goes um sit out from playing with his iPad I should say until the duration of that timer is out and so that he understands the connection that you don't get to do something that you enjoy if you are not being, you know, a kind person, if you're not treating people kindly, if you're not cleaning up after yourself, if you are being um, a brat like children do when they're six, right? And so just um, being aware of the of your child having autism, but also um still holding on to high standards so that your child learns right from wrong and creating a cushion of grace but still holding them accountable is important so i hope that per usual this was helpful to you all in some way shape or form um hang in there you got this be kind to yourself, love on yourself. Um, this is this being a parent to a child on the spectrum is not for the faint of heart, and you will not be able to do it if you don't carve out time to incorporate your own self care simply and exclusively for you, right? And so, I'm most certainly on the journey of doing that for myself, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Remember that the feeling of powerlessness and confusion is a natural one. But once you get on the journey of learning your child and learning what it means for your child to have autism, the less powerlessness and confusion you will feel. Remember, you are the expert and you can advocate for your child. Remember to trust your gut to create a community, and to surrender to what you cannot change. Until next time, have a wonderful day.